Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Once again, this is episode number 250, which was published on Thursday, the 7th of October, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley and a few bits of housekeeping just before we begin. Well, in fact, one bit of housekeeping. In a week, just over a week, so let's get the dates right, it's the 18th of October, 2021, we will be launching the Page Builder Summit 3.0. We have got absolutely tons in store. We've got 40 odd speakers and sessions going on. We've got our Facebook group. We've got prizes. It's all to do with WordPress and page builders which includes the Gutenberg block editor as well. Loads of stuff going on, and you can find out all about it at pagebuildersummit.com. If you go there, you'll see a pink button, and that pink button will enable you to get signed up so that you can attend all the events, and we'll keep you posted as things are happening. It's completely free to attend. There is an upsell offer if you'd like to avail yourself of that. That enables you to get all of the content forever and all of the speaker bonuses and things as well. It's a really good deal and I would recommend it, but it's up to you. You can just watch live on the day if you prefer to do it that way. Once more, pagebuildersummit.com. It goes from Monday, the 18th of October, all the way through till Friday. And there's a schedule page where you can look at everything. That's pagebuildersummit.com forward slash schedule. It is being updated from time to time as we get some new information, but most of the stuff that you need is there. Okay, the normal stuff though, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe to keep in touch with everything that we do. And barring that, let's move on to today's subject. Today, I'm talking with a lovely chap called Justin Clem, and we're talking all about a tool that I confess I had not heard of called Ghost Inspector. Justin reached out to me after listening to a podcast episode of ours. It was H's for Health, where we talked about all of the things that you might need to do to keep your website healthy. And he said, well, there's something that you've missed and it's our tool called Ghost Inspector. Ghost Inspector allows you to do all of the things that you might wish to do to test whether your website is actually working. So for example, you can set up automations. This is a really nice thing. You can use their Chrome extension to set up some automations. You can fill out forms and make sure that forms are being submitted. You can do the usual capturing of screenshots to make sure your website is up. And I have to say, it's an impressive suite of software. It's not something I I've ever dwelt on in the past particularly but obviously if you've got a really high profile site and you need to make sure that everything is working including pages loading forms being filled out correctly and so on then ghost inspector might well be the tool for you so here's the podcast i hope that you enjoy it i am with justin clem on the podcast today hello justin hello nathan we have a quite a, an unusual story of how we met. We've just been discussing it offline just a moment ago because it feels like um, we mentioned your product, which is called Ghost Inspector, a little while ago on a podcast episode. And do you want to just tell us how, how, we, uh, how we ended up colliding on the podcast today? Yeah, that's right. It was kind of a, a fun situation. You had recorded a podcast a while back that was I believe H for health. And it was talking about different tools you can use to monitor your WordPress sites. 
Uh, and the company I work for, uh, Ghost Inspector, came up uh, where an automated uh, browser testing tool. And um, someone mentioned that you could use it to test a contact form, and it was great. And then there was a conversation around, uh, it was like, but you know what would be really cool if you could submit that form, and then you could actually check and make sure the email got delivered. Um, and I don't think there was a good solution on that podcast. Um, but our one of our users heard it uh, and commented on Twitter and was like, hey, Ghost Inspector actually has this email testing feature too. Um, so, so you can actually do that in some situations. And um, that looped me in and caught my interest and we got in touch um, and thought it'd be fun to hop on a podcast and talk about Ghost Inspector and, and maybe touch on that email testing yeah, topic. Yeah, okay, that sounds really good. We've already mentioned the name of the product. It is Ghost Inspector. Probably good idea, I often mention things like this, is just to pause the podcast now, go to ghostinspector.com. It's spelled exactly as you would imagine, ghostinspector.com. Um, familiarize yourself with it and, uh, and then pop back in and press play again. If not, you're in for the you're in for the ride and you'll go through it as we go through it. I'm I have to say, Justin, this is not an area where I'm have a particular expertise. So I'm going to ask some fairly, fairly, you know, dumb questions and you'll just have to <laughs> pull me out of the mire and drag me through it. But um, but you've already sort of touched on basically what the software does, but maybe you've got like some sort of elevator pitch that you can throw at us for just under a minute. What What is Ghost Inspector? What's the point of it? Yeah, absolutely. So Ghost Inspector is an automated testing service and uh, we're designed to be very approachable so that uh, folks who host websites or manage websites can create automated tests that interact with their website the same way a user would. So. You can imagine testing things like adding an item to the shopping cart or logging in, logging out, submitting contact forms, the types of actions that a user would carry out and expect to work on your website. What you can do is use Ghost Inspector to record or recreate those actions and turn it into a reproducible test. And that's stored on our service. And we give you options for running those tests so you can schedule them or you can run them post deployment or you can run them on demand. Um, and what we do is launch a browser and carry out those same actions in an automated way, adding the item to your shopping cart, submitting your form, uh, and capture that as a test result. So we give you video and uh, screenshot comparison. We can check some emails and situations. We can do accessibility testing, a whole slew of features that you might want to test on your website. Um, and so when things go wrong, if suddenly your, your WooCommerce plugin has, has broken and an item can't be added to the shopping cart, uh, Ghost Inspector is going to catch that and it can notify you via email or Slack or other other methods uh, and tell you, hey, there's a there's a problem with your website uh, and give you a, a result showing you what happened. OK, great. Really nice summation there. So the the website ghostinspector.com, one of the sort of UVPs at the top is simple codeless test automation. Getting started with automated browser testing can be difficult and requires integrating many tools together. Not with Ghost Inspector. Now anyone can test. And really, my question is around the, the idea that anyone can test and curious about who your current client bases maybe you don't have these metrics but i'm interested to know if it's just kind of end users people that are using wordpress and maybe they've got their own independent site and they don't really know a lot about wordpress so they're curious to see if their site's up and performing as it should or whether you've maybe got a bit more of a balance maybe swinging more to the agency side and the freelancer side professionals who are building multiple wordpress websites each year sure so we have a pretty broad range of of customers um, we do see a lot of WordPress users. In fact, we have a, a WordPress plugin I can I can talk about a little later on. But um, 
often agencies, uh, but we do see those individual WordPress developers in there sometimes using our service. Um, obviously, we're oriented a little more B2B. So uh, in, in cases where you have maybe a personal WordPress website, our, our solution may be a, a little too aggressive for, for your needs. But um, yeah, we, we see a range and oftentimes we see agencies who are building WordPress sites for their clients uh, and then continue uh, continue to monitor those sites and make sure that they're online and working. Um, what's nice about Ghost Inspector is you're not, you don't have to buy a Ghost Inspector account like per website. So we'll have agencies who might have 10, 15, 20, 100 websites built. Uh, they just have one account with us and, and they're managing the tests and they're making sure that the website looks the way it's supposed to look um, and, and acts the way it's supposed to act. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. We'll come on to the pricing and all of that and how the, the tiers all work, uh, maybe towards the end. But So probably it's going to fit better with, with our audience, I would imagine, because I think most people listening to this, their life is in some way professionally connected with WordPress. That's not always going to be the case, but I think a lot of the people listening to this are are doing WordPress websites multiple each year, perhaps working for an agency or freelancing and build, building up their own agency. So this is this is right in that wheelhouse. I'm just curious as to whether or not there's a particular type of website. You know, is there a point where actually Ghost Inspector is not suitable for you because your website is just too straightforward? So you mentioned mom and pop stores. Let's say, for example, that I've got a simple website, three or four pages. It's just a brochure thing. There's a contact form at best, but that's about it. It's three or four pages of information about about something that I'm interested in on the Internet. Is it suitable for that or are we sort of stretching the the benefit of Ghost Inspector at that point? Yeah, so I, I think it's it, it, in those cases it's really up to the person managing the website. And in some ways, I think of Ghost Inspector as as kind of an insurance policy. Um, so maybe it's like you know how how important is it that this contact form is is working all the time? Um, but there's certainly a there's a broad range of tools available to help you with monitoring your website. And starting with things that are very simple and often like very reasonably priced, um, kind of like an uptime monitoring tool that's essentially just hitting your URL and it's like, do I get a, a, a 200 status response? Like, is it is it reachable? Or maybe it searches for like a string, you know, maybe your Google Analytics string in the content, something really simple. Um, and then you can kind of take a step up and there's services that might take like a screenshot of your website each day and compare it. That might be like a little more expensive, but still, you know, on, on the cheaper side. Um, and you can kind of go up from there. Um, with Ghost Inspector, you get a pretty comprehensive set of features. Um, so we do do screenshot comparison. And what's nice is if your style sheet breaks or maybe your theme like updated itself and now something's off, um, it can flag that. Um, you have the, the contact form testing. Um, we, we do accessibility checks. So if, if that's a concern for you and some websites have pretty strict requirements about um, being accessible, meaning um, like uh, are able to be used by folks with disabilities, um, we can check for those kinds of things. So I think it's ultimately your call of like, you know, what are the things you're looking to confirm on your website that are working? How regularly do you want to do that? If it's kind of like a casual website, I'm sure you can get by with even some free solutions, kind of just making sure the bare minimum is met. If you really want to tick all those boxes and make sure all the things are working, and you know you're responsive. We we 
do different screen sizes. So, you know, is the responsive version working on an iPhone? Is the tablet size, you know, rendering properly? You really want to tick all those boxes, then Ghost Inspector can be a good option for you. Yeah, it kind of feels as if you're more into the interactive side of things. I could be misrepresenting Ghost Inspector, but it feels like your pitch is, is firmly in the, look, we, we do a lot more than just taking a screenshot and checking if your style sheet's available and things like that. This is at the higher end, you've got a product where you can tell it, here's a set of instructions, follow these instructions. And if these instructions are not fulfilled and we don't get the res- the expected output returned, then then do something about that. So it, the complexity is really where the, where the joy is here. That's correct. Yeah, we definitely, that's really the, the meat and potatoes is that we can open a browser and not just check, did this load where we're able to fill things out, submit forms, log in. Um, and so that opens up a pretty big doorway of, of uh, you know, possibilities in terms of testing things. So okay. that, that's really where it's going to shine. Yeah. Okay. So that brings me to the question. I'm not sure in which order to do this. How, to, how does it actually behave in the UI? How do you do it? Or what can it test? I think I'll go for what can it test first. So this may be a, a massive, great long list of things that it can test. It, it might only be five or six things. But, but whatever you feel are the most important things to get out, what... What kind of things are up on the table? What can what could I test for that a typical WordPress user might be interested in? Yeah, so this it's kind of a funny question because this is something we touch on with new users a lot um, because it, it's almost it's overwhelming a little bit. Like what what can you test? Yeah. Because you can almost carry out any operation a user would. And yeah. so what we try to tell our our new customers when we onboard them is really try to think about like the the 10 most important things that like really matter on your website like what are the things that must be working right like if you're selling things a user must be able to add something to their shopping cart ideally you could test that they can actually check out and buy something uh, if your users you know log into your website you'd want to make sure that they could log in maybe that they can update their profile you know maybe that they can change their password if you have a contact form you probably want to make sure that contact form is submitting um, so you really kind of want to pin down like what are the what are the core things that I want to make sure 100% of the time are working, um, and then once you once you build tests around those um, and have good coverage for those things, then you can start to get a little a little crazier and 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 test some of the the subtler things or more complex things. Um, but it's important to really start with the most important features of your website um, because if you if you kind of go nuts with it and you suddenly, you know, it's day three and you've got 400 tests that are testing all, all these edge cases, um, it can become a bit unwieldy. And, you know, as you mentioned, this is, this is a fairly complicated thing. You're, you're performing, um, you know, actions in an interactive way. Um, and so this can kind of spiral out of control if you try to test like all the things all the time. Um, so in most cases, uh, I hesitate to say almost everything is testable. It kind of is, but it's more about like what's most important to me. What are the things that I need working uh, for my website to be like operational? I've got some curious edge cases that have just come into mind. So, for example, I, I imagine that you can position the mouse in a certain point and interact with the form field and fill that form field out with a pre-required 
set of data and click a submit button and see what that brings back and so on. So really weird things like can it can it hear audio? In my case, I'm a podcaster. If if the audio is not coming out the other end, in other words, if the audio file isn't missing, that's a catastrophe for me. And I might be mm. a YouTuber and I might have a, a blank space on my website where the, the the latest YouTube video should be going. So I know they're really weird and I'm po- apologies for just suddenly putting you on the spot, but can it do quirky things like that? That's an excellent question. So at the moment, it can't actually do audio. And one of the challenges we've had there is that uh, because the tests run on on Amazon servers, those those cars don't actually those those servers don't actually have like audio capabilities. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, okay. So we do have a little bit of work we're doing. What what's kind of neat is as this field's gotten popular the past couple of years, the browsers themselves have been adding more features to support automation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's one that we're working on adding where when you tell Chrome like, okay, you can listen to my mic or you can you can see my my video camera, um, there's now a way when you're running Chrome in an auto- automation mode to provide like an actual video file or an audio file. So even though there's there, you're not on the automated test, there's there's no mic, you're able to pass that into Chrome and say like, here's the audio file that the mic would be providing, or here's the video that the video would be providing. Right. So there's a little bit of tooling around that. It's still kind of developing. Um, that's actually, that that's a great call. Some of the audio and video inputs and things that are kind of uh, dealing with external inputs to your computer, um, are, are still a bit challenging at this point. Yeah, uh, apologies for uh, giving you the most edge of edge cases, but I, I was just curious just because of what, what I'm doing here with the podcast, you know, and I'm always fascinated when I look in the tab at the permissions that I'm giving. I remember a couple of years ago, there was like two or three permissions, and now now the list is literally like 20 permissions, and I guess I guess you can you can field those, those things, but most people are not going to be doing that. So it's going to be filling out forms, it's going to be visiting pages, it's going to be checking up time and so on and uh, making sure that the desired thing is actually working. So that brings me to the question, how do you actually do it? So let's assume that we've we've paid our subscription, we've signed in, we've figured out how to get to the point where we actually start making a test and we hit the make a test button or whatever that says. What? How does it work? How do we actually interact with Ghost Inspector to set up the tests and put the steps in place and tell it what the desired outcomes are? Sure. Yeah. So the the easiest approach that we offer is a browser extension, and that's available in Chrome and Firefox. And um, it's free. You install it. And once you launch it, you actually sign into your account in that extension. Um, and it has a really simple interface for basically recording yourself performing actions in your own browser. So if I wanted to test, create a test that opened up my website and added an item to the shopping cart and then you know navigated to the shopping cart and made sure that it was there, maybe maybe confirm the price, something of that effect. I'd open up my website, I'd click on our little toolbar icon, it's a little ghost, and I just hit start recording. Um, and it gives an indicator showing it's capturing what you're doing. Um, and what the extension will do at that point is it'll actually watch the things you're doing on the page. So when you open your website, it'll record that when you click on the item, it'll record that. When you add it to the cart, so on and so forth. Maybe if you adjust the the quantity, so you change the one to a two, it'll it'll record all of those actions. Um, and when you get to the point where you're done with your test, um, you click the toolbar icon again. You just say stop recording, and you give your test a name. And there's a few other options there, and and you save it. Um, and it kind of packages up those actions that it uh, recorded, and it sends it off to your Ghost Inspector account. 
Um, and then what we do is take those steps and uh, right off the bat, we launch a browser on our side and we walk through those same exact steps. Um, and it's it's fairly quick, you know, if your test is, you know, 10, 15, 20 steps, usually within 30 seconds to a minute, you're gonna have your first result. Um, and it's gonna show you here are the steps that were recorded. Um, here's a video, here's a screenshot. Um, and I should mention that the steps themselves, just to get a, a little more technical on, on how Ooh, that works. Yes, please, that um, was gonna be my next question. <laughs> yeah, sure. So when you're looking at a website, if you've got your, your WordPress homepage open, um, you know, you're, you're looking at elements and um, images and buttons that are represented underneath by HTML code. And your browser kind of parses that into uh, what we call the DOM, kind of like a model of here, all the elements. Um, and there are ways to identify all the elements. So if I click a button, um, there's different syntaxes I can use to identify like this is the add to cart button. So things like uh, CSS classes mm -hmm. or IDs mm -hmm. or names, or even sometimes the text of the button itself. Um, and we have a pretty great uh, blog post on this on our blog, ghostspector.com slash blog that walks through some of the different methods you can use. Um, but what our extension does is it generates these, um, these strings, we call them uh, targets or selectors, so that it knows, okay, when I open up the website and I need to click this button, here's the way I find that button. Here's basically the identifier using CSS um, or using sometimes another method called XPath mm -hmm. um, so that it can find the button it needs to click on or find the, the, the input that it needs to assign something to. Um, and that's what uh, the extension captures as the actual target so that it knows what it's interacting with. Does it, so it finds the the the, the part of the DOM that um, that it, it wants to interact with, the, perhaps the CSS or something, or the button. Then it pre-fills it, and then it'll find the 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 button to submit it and punch the button. Off we go and see what comes out the other end. It just raises one question for me: Do you have a full foul of I don't know, like firewall software that you know? Ah, this is all happening too quickly. This can't be real. This is some kind of automated bot crawling the site. Do you do you sort of slow things down a bit on your end to make sure it feels as human as possible? Yeah. So there are. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a huge challenge around that, but there are some challenges. Um, timing. You've kind of hit on a, a an important point. Timing is a really big thing in automation because as a user, you have not only are you are you slower as a user, so the time has a little more, uh, the page has a little more time to process. You also have like a, an intuition, like if you've ever added an item to the shopping cart, and then you get maybe like a spinner for like five seconds because yep. it's taking yep. a while, and then so you as a user are like, okay, I I know it's going, I just got to wait for it, and then it's going to be there. Um, automation, uh, you know, doesn't know that by default, so it might click add to the cart, and then it's like I looked for it, I don't see it after one second, I'm giving up. Um, but I, I was very conscious of those issues when I, when I first started building Ghost Inspector because I was facing them. And so we've made a really strong effort over the years to build lots of logic into Ghost Inspector uh, to be really smart about waiting for things to load, understanding that uh, you know, the page is transitioning or there's a spinner up. So um, there's a bunch of settings and we have some defaults that we think make sense. Like it automatically waits, I think a, a quarter of a second between each interaction. Um, and that we give you a slider so you can slow your test down or speed it up. Uh, it automatically waits for things to show up. So if you add an item to your shopping cart and it's taking five or 10 seconds, our automation just sits there and waits. And it's like, is it in the cart yet? Is it in the cart yet? 
Um, and it. you can define nice. like how long does it wait, you know, until it gives up. Um, so we have a number of settings to help deal with that. And then in terms of firewalls, um, we have a couple of methods like the IP addresses we use are are permanent and published. So you can always like add us to your okay. allow list. Good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of tunneling tools. There are always edge cases like catch buzz can be a challenge because um, mm -hmm. those are sort of widgets that are designed to prevent automation. So, so they're a challenge for humans, Google. not just for robots. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they, they're they're pretty challenging for everybody at this point. Um, those can be challenging to deal with. I mean, truthfully, we, you know, we can't solve them. If we could solve them, they wouldn't really be, uh, you know, very, very useful, would they? No. Uh, so um, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes you have to find a way to disable that for your test or, or so on. So there's there's always there's always lots of little edge cases, okay. um, but we've tried to come up with a different solutions for them. Okay, so the the preferred solution, I should say, is to use Chrome, use Firefox, download the extension, visit the page in question, hit the button in the uh, in the extension toolbar, and then just go through a test and set it up and you know, see how that performs, log in and see what the results are. So on the on the inside of the platform, that's where the results and everything are stored and you can see all your automations as you've named them and so on. And you'll be able to get pretty much real-time information and feedback about whether these things are working. So let's say, for example, that something goes wrong, um, nothing too catastrophic, the hosting is, is still up, but there's something wrong and my checkout's now defunct. Things aren't working as possible. Um, how, how do I know? What, what, is it, what is Ghost Inspector doing to alert me to the fact that something's gone wrong? And on what level is it able to tell me? You know, is it reporting back this test has failed or is it saying this test has failed at step 12 which is the checkout button or you know what's the level of detail sure so the the level of detail is is pretty good so if you have a test that's going to add an item to your shopping cart and then attempt to check out let's say the problem is that something's wrong with your site now and when you add the item to the cart and then navigate to the cart the cart is empty right so that that just happened on your website uh in terms of ghost inspector catching that part of it is going to be um, how you're running your test. So mm. um, you you can set your test to run on a schedule and that can be very frequent. It can be like every minute, it can be like every 30 minutes, it could be you know once a day. Um, so that's kind of up to you and that plays into a little bit, obviously the more frequently you're running your tests, um, that increases your usage. So that may or may not put you into a different plan tier if you're running these like uh, very, very frequently. Um, but let's say you're running your test every 30 minutes. And so that issue comes up on your on your site. Within 30 minutes, your ghost inspector test runs. Um, it goes and adds the item to the shopping cart. It gets to the shopping cart screen and the item isn't there. So it's intending to check for it and click checkout or something, but it's not seeing that. So your test will fail. Um, and what it'll do, depending on how you've got your notification set up, it'll send you an email, uh, it can send you a, a Slack notification, it can do like MS Teams, can do PagerDuty, a couple more technical options for notifying you. But let's say you're doing email, that's kind of the default one. You would get an email that shows up and it shows basically the initial steps happening. So like step one, you know, open the product page. Step two, click add to cart. Those would be green. And when you got down to the, the step that made sure the item was in the cart, that would be red, it would say it was failing you'd have a screenshot of basically the empty cart, um, which is a pretty good indicator yeah, that nice. something's wrong. Yeah. 
Um, and then if you visit the result, you could actually watch the video. So you could see it like open the page, add the item, navigate to the cart and see that it's empty. Um, so you do get a, a pretty good high level view of, of what happened. And, and generally it's pretty obvious. At, at least it's obvious like what, what the issue is. It may not be obvious like you know, why is that suddenly broken on your site? Yeah. Is it, you know, is it JavaScript or did somebody, you know, mess something up? But in terms of like what is happening and what what's the issue that users are seeing, you get a pretty clear picture of that. Yeah, that's really nice. That's a really nice implementation. So you get to see a sort of bullet pointed list almost of green, 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 red. Take, take exactly. go from here. This is where the problem resides. Okay, that's that's really, really interesting. Now, right at the top of the show, you mentioned the fact that uh, David and I had been chatting on a previous podcast and we'd said, I wonder if there's a tool out there that can, can you know, capture a, the reply, actually what is submitted through a contact form. And we were thinking, well, no, that, that couldn't work because it'd be going to my own email. But you 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 have a solution for that. So I'm, I'm curious as to as to how that works. I'm, 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 I've got my own guesses, but I'll just let you talk it through and I'll tell you honestly at the end whether my guess was in any way accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you had the general idea here. So I'll talk through how this works and then I'll, I can talk through just a couple of scenarios of how you might use it. And kind of the caveat here is that, um, you know, there are kind of trade-offs with how you do this and, and how it might work for you and kind of depending on your site. So I, so I don't want to pitch this as this is always going to work and we can always test your emails. It, it, it can kind of depend on how you're going to approach okay, it. Good point. Yep. Um, so, so what we do is we offer an email service that's just included with our product. And um, basically the email domain at email.ghostinspect.com is kind of like a special domain. And any, e any user that you email, so if I just think up a random username, let's say like wpbuilds123 at email.ghostinspect.com and I send an, an email right now, like I haven't created the account, I haven't set anything up, I just send it to that username. Our service receives that and then it makes that email available uh, at email.gospec.com slash wpbuilds123 for the next hour. So it's sort of like a, you could think of it like a temporary mail store or a temporary webmail um, where you're choosing your username and you can basically randomize it or you can add a timestamp. You can make that username as kind of complex and private as you'd like. Um, you send email to that email address and then you have one hour to open up our email service website and view it. Uh, and the way this works is within your automated test, um, let's say you open up a contact form and you submit it and just assume for a moment that a copy of that contact form is going to your wpbuilds at email.gospec.com address. Mm -hmm. You submit the form and then within the automated test, you navigate to our email service. You can open up that email um, and uh, see it you could take a screenshot if it's got uh you know a call to action you could click the activate button or the reset password link it's basically giving you a window of um viewing this email that's been sent to the address okay does that make sense yeah yeah and it is not what i was thinking so that's really interesting that's I, I'm, I'm fascinated by that that's, that's cool the other the other thing that i was wondering was how, how do you how do you go through the complete life cycle of a product checkout? How do you get out the, so let's say for example, I've got a website, I'm selling shoes. I want Ghost Inspector to buy some shoes, actually buy some shoes, but without buying some shoes, if you know what I mean. I want it to perform yeah. all the things that involve successfully purchasing and getting the emails about shoes. How does that work? Sure. So 
what we generally do with with checkouts where you actually want to put through a transaction um most i mean i should say probably all uh, all 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 checkout systems that i'm aware of so when i say like a, a checkout payment system like talking like stripe or braintree or paypal yeah. um, they all basically have like a test mode like a sandbox mode um, and you will need to use that during your test so what we don't want to do is uh, have your ghost inspector test open up your production site add an item put in a live credit card you know, process <laughs> right buy the shoes um because that's it's it's a security risk having your live credit card out there the payment providers hate it because then there's just these transactions being placed and voided um it's 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 not a good way to do it um so you can certainly have a you could have a test that gets all the way up to the point of purchasing and puts in like a bogus card number and then you know checks that there's like right, an error right um but if you actually want to place the order you need some way uh for your site to know like hey this is a ghost inspector test i need to give it like the test mode um and so what i've seen customers do various things you might have like a flag that you pass in like right. if you're opening up your site it might be like there might be a question mark test mode equals true at the end um or you might be able to even run some javascript code within your ghost inspector test to turn test mode on um but it's basically leveraging that test mode and then you're putting in you know, the four, two, four, two, four, two number, uh, that, that fake credit card number and you're yeah. placing your order. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So it, essentially the, there's kind of workarounds. It may not, you know, you may not be able to fulfill the, the actual thing, but if test it really well before you go live and then hopefully all things work. Just, just one other thing that's suddenly occurred to me is that we have this architecture in WordPress where we, we have themes and most people settle on a theme fairly quickly and you probably use that theme for a good period of time. But the theme really does dictate what the, the output HTML is. And so if I'd have got my, um, let's say my website selling shoes up and running with one theme and then I suddenly decide for reasons unknown that I wish to change the style of that theme and I flip a switch and put a different theme on, I'm very happy with it. Is that the kind of thing which will upset Ghost Inspector because the, the, the DOM and the, the CSS and all of that and the classes and IDs are probably going to change? Would I need to kind of redo my tests at, the, at that point? Truthfully, you, you probably would. Yeah. Um, and there might be some overlap where, um, you know, some of the sort of WordPress default classes and things are used and maybe some of those work and some of the IDs work. But if there's kind of large scale change to your DOM where, you know, uh, the sort of selectors I was talking about in those steps that click the add to cart button, suddenly it's a different ID and different class, different spot in the page. Um, then you're you're likely going to have to do some rebuilding of your tests. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's par for the course. Speaking of rebuilding tests and kind of getting to grips with how the whole thing works, if I were to sign up, what is the what's the level of guidance that you offer? So you know, if I onboard, do you have some sort of tutorials? Do you have any kind of like um, any way of me setting up my first couple of tests in the most efficient way possible? Any guidance coming from the the app. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We try to provide lots of documentation. We've got some videos. I mean, um, even, you know, the goal of our product is to make this type of testing like very approachable, even if you're not experienced with it, um, even if you're not familiar with the concept of like a selector or okay. a DOM. We try to give you, a, a you know, an on-ramp to, to get familiar with these things and be able to use our tool. Um, but yeah, so docs, videos, 
um, we do webinars pretty often. And in fact, we've had a few, we have one uh, coming up that touches on this email testing and we have another specific WordPress uh, webinar coming up the next month or two. So again, you can check out our blog for those. Um, and then the last element is we're, we're really active on support. Um, so we have a, a really, uh, like really involved support team um, who will like go above and beyond. Well, if, you know, obviously with your permission, but we'll look at your tests, we'll help you adjust them, we'll help you come up with solutions. So we really want folks to, um, you know, have a good experience and not feel like they're getting thrown in this product. Like um, what, you know, how, how does this work? How do I, I, I've created a test and it failed off the bat. Like, what do I do? Um, you know, we try to be there to, to walk along with you to, to give you your bearings. Yeah. And is the support, is that based upon an email interaction or is it chat support? And do you, do you have a particular part of the world where you're most likely to be active? You know, in other words, if you're awake now, North America time, we're all good. But if you're in Australia, you'll just have to wait a bit longer. That's a, that's a great question. Yeah. We use uh, intercom, which is kind of like a, I almost hesitate to call it a chat widget because I can't it's promise so good. that somebody is always <laughs> live so to good. chat with you. But uh, I'll say an async messaging widget. Yep. Uh, we also have email. Um, our 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 defined hours that we like sort of guarantee someone is around are uh, like business hours in, in the U.S. Uh, U.S. Pacific time. Um, but we are a fully distributed team. Um, we do have folks in different places. Folks are traveling, so. Uh, Honestly, if you're in Australia, generally you're going to have to wait a few hours, but we might surprise you sometimes and somebody will be, you know, over in Europe or up late or whatever, and, and we'll get back to okay. you. So, yeah, um, it's 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 the dilemma of building a company, right? You can't you can't suddenly go from no employees to flooding the world. With employees. You've got to you got to got to go where you are in reality. Um, I think I've got a nice understanding of how the product works. Um, as I said, go to ghostinspector.com. But now we, we get to the. The, the, the crucial, the meat and potatoes, as you described it, the pricing. Um, you mentioned that essentially you've got this one account. You just set it up and you can use that account for as many uh, websites or um, if you've got an agency, you can use it on different websites and client websites and so on. So your pricing is billed slightly differently. It's the number of tests. Caveat emptor, what we say now may not be the same in the future. That's always the case. But for now, how is the pricing and how much do you get for how many dollars? Yeah. So our small plan starts at $99 a month. Um, we give a, a discount if you purchase uh, you know, an annual prepay. Um, so what we price on is primarily the number of test runs. So just to clarify, you can test uh, on as many websites as you like, any, any domain names. You can have as many tests. Uh, as you'd like. A test run would be when I actually trigger that test and on our side, we launch the browser and we carry out the actions and we give you the video and the screenshot. Um, so to kind of give a simple example, if you've, if you've got that test that checks that your shopping cart is working uh, and you set it to run once a day, um, over the course of a month, that's gonna be 30 test runs or you know however many days there are in the month. Um, our small plan comes with 10,000 test runs per month um, so we feel like we give you a, a pretty hefty amount. And most of the time when folks kind of push up against the limit of that small plan, it's because they're scheduling tests like very frequently, you know, every every 10 minutes they're running their test. Um, so uh, ultimately, probably like what dictates your pricing is just how many tests you have running and how frequently they are running. Um, but all our plans come with uh, all of the features. 
um, your your test results are maintained for six months. So your tests are, are there forever, um, but you can pop back all the way six months ago to see that failed you know shopping cart test if, if you want to check on it. Um, each plan comes with a specific number of member slots um, and they kind of scale up from there. So if you find yourself needing more test runs or more uh, users in your organization who are going to join and manage these tests, those numbers scale up with our test plans. Yeah. But quick bit of back of the envelope maths here. If you've got an agency with 100 websites, you can perform three tests a day, 3.3 recurring tests a day on each of those websites uh, for the small plan. So $99 a month or 89 if you pay annually. That, I can imagine that's that's probably going to be enough for most people. So that's a pretty pretty decent pricing, I would say. Nice. But it goes yeah. up. We go up. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think we have agencies in that boat. So even sometimes maybe a smaller, like maybe they've got ten clients, uh, and in that case they could be running thirty three point you know, three. <laughs> yeah, so they could be running hourly, yeah, you know, uh, more or less. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So from small we go to medium, and basically we're you're adding team members, so you, you can obviously put more people from your team into the into the platform, but also the the limit goes up to thirty thousand a month. So for double the price, you get three times the amount of tests. Then big, big jump uh, up to 100,000 tests a month for 359. By, by the way, I'm reading out the annual pricing, the 10% off pricing. And then uh, for enterprise, um, apparently it's free. It's just got a dash there. You, just, <laughs> <laughs> you contact us, the, uh, the normal thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good. That looks really good. The the other thing I'm curious to know is, and I always get this, if I don't ask it, people say, why didn't you ask about the roadmap? So I'm going to ask, what's on the roadmap? What's coming that we don't have now that maybe, let's say, by the end of this year or something like that, we'll, we'll have as a, as a new shiny things? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So w one of the things we're most excited about that we're working on is um, the ability to compare screenshots like throughout your test. So what we kind of do now is you're, you run your test and at the end we take a screenshot, you know, this is what the cart page looked like when you landed on it and we compare it to the way it used to look and we highlight differences. And it's really useful for catching style changes. Um, something we're working on now is within your test at various points, you can check the visuals of your page. So you could open up the product page and be like, does the description section look the way it's supposed to look? Does the comment section look the way it's supposed to look? Now I'll add it to the cart. Does the cart look the way it's supposed to look? Now I'm on the checkout screen. Does that page look the way it's supposed to look? And each of those will basically track uh, that area of your website. Um, and each time your test runs, it'll look back and be like, okay, the cart looked like this yesterday. Does it, does it still look like that or have things changed? Um, so it's an expansion of what we call screenshot comparison or visual testing. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, to, to let you apply that to lots of different places on your site. And that's something we see out of WordPress users quite a lot, especially agencies, because they, they generally want their website looking exactly the way it's supposed to look. Okay. Yeah, that's a nice, nice feature coming up soon. So we mentioned at the top, ghostinspector.com is the URL. You could obviously go and use their intercom if if you wanted to figure out things and what have you. But um, I'm just curious, just in personally, on a personal level, is there any way that people could reach out to you if they wanted to figure out things about Ghost Inspector and wanted to go straight to you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Justin Clem. Um, always happy to chat about Ghost Inspector or browser automation in general. I've, I've been at this for years and years um, and lots of great tools and scripts and approaches out there. Always happy to just talk shop about this stuff. Very nice indeed. So one more time, go and check it out, ghostinspector.com. See if it can satisfy your agency needs for getting things checked out, making sure everything's up and working and tickety-boo, as we say in the UK. Uh, and on that bombshell, I'll say thanks to Justin. Thanks for joining us today and talking to us about it. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Thanks so much for having me. So there we go. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. There's so much in Ghost Inspector for you to check out. Lots and lots of features, loads of capabilities that in some respects I didn't even know were possible. So if you've got a website, a high traffic website, and you really need for it to be up and active and awake and alert and make sure that everything is working as you would hope, then go and check it out. Ghost Inspector, have a listen to the podcast and reach out to Justin Clem if you've got any questions. If you've got any questions about the podcast in general, then please feel free to contact us. Drop us a comment in the post or go to our Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook and leave us a message there. Just a quick reminder that the Page Builder Summit, I mentioned it at the start, it's beginning on the 18th of October 2021 and running for five whole days, Monday through Friday, finishing on the 22nd of October. We'd love for you to join us and you can do that by going to pagebuildersummit.com and clicking on the pink button and filling out the very, very, very simple form. If you want to see the schedule, go to pagebuildersummit.com forward slash schedule and you can see all of the events and when they are happening. You can even book them into your calendar, I think. Okay, that's it. That's all we've got for you this week. I hope that you come back next week. I hope that you enjoy your week. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now. Cheesy music. Fading in.